Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.com. Uh, well, today we're going to go into a new series. Um, we kind of started the series before the conference, um, and it's a series on relationships. One person is excited. <laughs> relationships. Well, uh, <laughs> anybody else is excited? Hopefully you will be after, after the message, after the message. Well, um, you know, with, when I say relationships, I don't mean like, you know, we're brothers and sisters. I'm going to talk about, we, yeah, in the course of this series, we'll talk about pre-marriage relationships. We talk about marriage uh, we, we will not talk about post-marriage. <laughs> you are allowed to laugh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we're going to talk about relationships in this uh, uh, series and in this particular sermon as well. Uh, and I just, I just trust that you know, God is going to somehow give you some revelation, some practical wisdom in the area of relationships. I realize that this is an extremely diverse group. There are boys and girls, the husbands and wives, the guys and ladies. There are even grandfathers and grandmothers in the house. This is a very diverse group. And not just that, but we come from many different cultures, backgrounds, and you know, things um, may be a bit different in different cultures, but um, but I believe that as we go through this, that you will be equipped and blessed and hopefully inspired. And maybe some prayers will be answered. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but maybe some prayers will be answered. Are you, are you, expecting, are you expecting that? Is that all right? Well, I want to start this, because this is going to be a bit serious. I want to start this with something funny. Is it okay? Yeah, so here is, uh, here's the first one. Never laugh at your wife's choices. Why? Because you are one of them. And all the married men were just rescued. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Come on. I'm happy like three people are laughing. The others are like... You ready for next one? Here's next one. Here is all you have to know about men and women. Women are crazy and men are stupid. And the main reason women are crazy is that men are stupid. <laughs> this is a joke, okay? This is not the Bible, it's a joke. Oh man. Hey, come on, be nice. <clears throat> Are you ready for another one? Okay, this one is not from the Bible either. It says, they are cute and seem harmless, but they are loud, incredibly expensive to keep, and absolutely untrainable. The other is a kangaroo. I don't really know much about kangaroos. Why is everybody laughing at this one? <laughs> 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 
Well, uh, we've been married with Martha now for 26 years in one week. In one week. It's going to be 26 years. And it's been quite a journey. As many of you know, um, uh, we are now grandparents. We have three boys and one grandson. Uh, but the last quarter of century was, it was an adrenaline journey. Uh, and my personal testimony is that God is so good. My personal testimony is that God has given me an amazing wife, uh, one that has been a huge blessing in my own life, in my own journey. And um, I highly recommend marriage to all of you guys and ladies. I highly recommend it. And actually, God recommends it as well. Um, it has not always been easy for us, especially the first year of our marriage was a bit of pain. Our first, why is she laughing? Uh, the first year of marriage has been a lot of pain. And we actually teach in pre-marriage counseling that uh, year one in, uh, in marriage and then roughly year 10 and also roughly year 25 uh, are quite, uh, quite a test. And the first year is, of course, because, you know, they, uh, the couple now lives 24-7. They live together. They do life together. And uh, all of the issues from the past start to come out to the surface. And we have to deal with them. We have to forgive one another on a daily basis. We actually say that marriage is a forgiveness university. It's like graduating in forgiveness every day. And then, of course, a big crisis is roughly um, maybe 10 years into the marriage when the kids come. And very often in marriages, um, the children tend to take the place of, of uh, the spouse. And then love, uh, the passion, the fire in the marriage leaves. And somehow everything is about the kids. And very often crisis shows up. And then, of course, you know, maybe quarter of a century into the marriage, that's another period where a lot of marriages go bankrupt, and that's when the kids leave the house. Uh, and all of a sudden, the husband and the wife are alone, and they find out that they've been strangers. So, praise God, we've been through those uh, periods in our marriage, uh, but it has not always been easy, but it has always been beautiful. It has not always been easy, but I can look back and I say, great is your faithfulness, Jesus. I remember the day when we got married, I was freaked out. I was struck by panic. Martha was enjoying the day. It was a beautiful, sunny day, May 17th, 1997. Do I remember it correctly? Beautiful sunny day. And she was smiling. Photographers were ready. Cameras were ready. Everything was about us. <laughs> and I was freaking out. I could, not, I could not smile. My muscles were hurting. I was in the church. I was waiting you know, at the altar. And I was thinking, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> this is forever. And she was afraid. She's like, what's, what's wrong with him? Is he going to say no? <clears throat> but 
in the ceremony when the pastor was preaching and we were uh, saying the vows. Uh, and I said, I do. And then the prayer happened. The presence of God filled that place. And it was like everything changed. I left the building thinking, how could I have existed like this up to now? It was a miracle. It was a marriage miracle. And you know, I believe what the Bible says that, that they shall become one, that it actually takes a miracle. It takes God, it takes the Holy Spirit, it takes the presence of God to mold two people together so they become one. Um, we love doing weddings. We've done more than 200 weddings um, up to now. And it's a beautiful thing to see, um, to see a couple surrendering uh, um, to one another, husband to the wife and wife to the husband. We have also done a lot of pre-marriage counseling, probably 500 sessions, maybe 700 sessions. I stopped, I stopped counting. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really amazing because, you know, when, when, they are, when they want to get married, pre-marriage counseling is easy. They want it. They're asking for it. Sometimes couples come to us um, after damage uh, has been done, and then it's much more difficult. So here is the first advice from today. Get counseling, get marriage counseling, get preparation because it's, uh, it's better to do it in the beginning. But what I want to do right now is I want to take you in this particular session, in this um, very simple message, I want to take you to the first marriage story in the Bible. The first marriage story in the Bible. Uh, you know, I'm so happy that the Bible is full of marriage stories. And you know, I've also found out that there is no perfect marriage story in the Bible. As a matter of fact, all of the stories about different marriages in the Bible, they're actually quite difficult. All of them have pain in their stories. All of them have a crisis in their stories. And, and there is not one uh, marriage story in the Bible where I would be like, wow, I want my marriage to be like this marriage. There is no perfect family in the Bible. There is no perfect marriage in the Bible. And hello, there is no perfect wives in the Bible. And there is no perfect husbands in the Bible. So you don't have to be a perfect husband. You don't have to be a perfect wife. You don't have to be a perfect couple. You just have to be a person after God's heart. So let me take you to the first marriage story in the Bible. And you know, it's the story about Adam and Eve. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to read a few scriptures, but I'm going to give you a homework today. Uh, why, why don't you read uh, Genesis chapters 1 and 2, and you can go to chapter 3 as well. By chapter 4, it's very discouraging, so stay, you know, stick to chapters 1, 2, possibly 3. Here we go. In chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue, and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then 
uh, we're going to go into Genesis chapter 2, so the following chapter. Um, and uh, how about we start with uh, verse 20. It says, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and he closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. And the man said, now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take you uh, through uh, a couple of <clears throat> quick facts about the first marriage. Are you ready for that? I have a long list, 10 quick facts about the first marriage, and I just trust that God's going to bring something out of that for your own life. Here is number one. Uh, they were created as a man and a woman. Okay, so that's actually a very beautiful thing. Um, the man was created, the human race was created to represent God, to reflect God. Uh, we were made as the uh, image bearers for God. We were made so we could reflect who God is. But a beautiful thing in the creation story is that we reflect God as a man and a woman. There is a, uh, there is a part of the image of God in a man that doesn't exist in a woman. And there is a part of the image of God in a woman that doesn't exist in a man. And together as a man and a wife, together as a man and a woman, we together bear the image of God. Together we reflect the nature of God. Isn't that exciting? So that's a very first quick fact uh, from the first marriage story. Here is the second one. The first words they heard was a blessing. I love this. Imagine Adam is created. And the first thing he hears from God is be blessed. Be blessed. We were made for, for a blessing. We were created to be blessed. We were made so we could hear words of blessing. Now, if you are married, this is a very good thing to remember. You need the atmosphere of God's blessing in your marriage. And it's a good thing to pronounce the blessing of God in your marriage. You need to seek the environment of the blessing of God so that your marriage, your married life could be uh, successful, could be blessed. Is that all right? We were made for the blessing of God. Can we say this together? We were made. Come on, let's say it together. We were made for God's blessing. For God's blessing. So if you live in a marriage, you know, find the habit 
of speaking the blessing of God over your lives, over the, over the life of your husband, your wife, um, your family. Expose your family to the blessing of God. The first words they heard was a blessing. Are you ready for number three? They were placed into a paradise. They were placed into a paradise. Now, I love this part. See, when God made Adam and Eve, everything was already ready for them. Now, you know, of course, we do not live in the Garden of Eden anymore. We live in Budapest. Close. But let me say, let me put it this way. When you are in the center of God's will, He's going to take care of everything else. Is it all right if I say it again? If you live, come on, if you live in the center of God's will, everything around you, it's His business. He's going to provide, He's going to prepare, He's going he's to make everything possible for you to live a prosperous life. Uh, and this is a huge comfort. This is a huge uh, security, a huge blessing for my own life. The only responsibility that I have and that we have is to be in the center of God's will. So Adam and Eve, they were in the middle of the will of their father. And they were placed in a paradise. Everything was ready for them. And, and you know, so... You know, you may be going through a rough patch, through a rough time in your family, in your marriage. Don't give up. Don't give up. Make sure you go back to the Father. You come back to the Father. And He's going to straighten it out. So, uh, that's number three. Ready for number four? This is dangerous. This is dangerous. Number four. Adam needed help. Can we say this together, especially the ladies? Adam needed help. An equal one. <laughs> An equal one. Now, come on, macho guys, men. We need help. We need help. I need help. Uh, our first date, our first date, we went to the city of Prague. And it's a beautiful city, almost as beautiful as Budapest. It's a beautiful city. Uh, I had been there before. Marta had never been in Prague. So I'm like, I'm going to show her the old town. I'm going to show her around. I'm going to be her tourist guide. I'm going to impress her how, I, you know, how, how much I know the city. And so we were going to go from uh, one beautiful site downtown to another one. Uh, we're going to go to the Charles Bridge. If you know Prague, that's like the tourist area in Prague. And... You know, I tried my best, and we went around for like 10 times. It was like Jericho, you know? We went around so many times. I got lost. And she just, you know, she, women, they have this thing called uh, sixth sense, intuition. She calls it the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and she's like, let's just go there. And of course, we were right there. Men need help. Um, some of you uh, guys, you badly need help. <laughs> an equal one. Uh, actually, this is an amazing, if you go into the study of the Hebrew language in this passage, uh, the word help here is actually the same 
as uh, the word that is used for God himself. It says that God is my helper many times in the Bible. It is the same word as is used here. Uh, so when we talk about uh, the wife being a helper or the wife being the help that we need, it's not a derogatory thing. It's not just, it doesn't mean that she is my helper, that she's my servant. It actually means that she is going to fit into my place of need. Just like we need God. Amen? So men need help badly and equal help. That's what the Bible says. <clears throat> Here's number five. He got his wife while in coma. So what's happening here? You know the story. God puts Adam to sleep and he's out. He's in a coma. He's in, he's in a narcosis situation. And God performs a miracle. He actually rips, his, uh, uh, rips him open. He takes one rib. And he uses that as a, as a creation material. And he creates Eve. Now, you know, I'm not going to go into the details here. But it was, much, it was a much better quality material than what man was made from. It was the dust of the earth. So I hope you're getting the point there. But he got his wife while he was in coma, while he was in deep sleep. Now, let me just encourage you guys. Sometimes what God does is he, he catches you by surprise. Sometimes what God does is he gives you the gift of the other person when, when she's like, when you're not even noticing. Very often she's right under your nose. And you're like not seeing the person. You are in a coma. You are in a narcosis. And then you wake up and God says, welcome. Here you go. Let me present to you the lady that was made for your life. You know, there are so many beautiful stories uh, like that. And let me encourage you that, that God has an, an amazing way how to put people together. Uh, it's always a miracle. I love to follow the stories. You know, with the hundreds of weddings that we've done, I've listened to hundreds of uh, stories. And every single one of them is a miracle. Every single one of them is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I have tears in my eyes. I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. But very often what God does is like, he puts you to sleep and you're like, you know, very often what it looks like practically is that you're actually seeking the Lord. You're actually devoted to God. And when you do that, He does the rest. He brings the right person to you. He introduces you to the right person. So cheer up. Be encouraged. Amen. I'm talking to the single people now. Thank you. <laughs> number six. Are you ready for number six? Is somebody enjoying that? In the back, I see some excited, excited people in the back. Bless them, Jesus. <laughs> Number six, Eve came from his heart. Now, see, for me, this is, um, I'm not, I'm not in, in the biology details here <laughs> in the story, but for me, it's actually interesting that she wasn't taken from his head. Uh, 
She was also not taken from his feet. She was taken from his ribs. That's where the heart is positioned. She was taken from here, inside. There has to be a heart connection. There has to be uh, a soul tie. There has, she has to come or he has to come from here. Now, this is a difficult one to explain, but when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, I, uh, I, would, love you to, uh, I would love you to marry us, uh, I, we always have three questions. Three questions. Here's the first one. Uh, the first one is, uh, can you imagine to grow old together? This is a big one. Now you wake up every morning with the same person in your bed. He has to make coffee every morning for her. Did you know that's in the marriage contract? It was in ours. Some of you are like really not laughing today. <laughs> Help them, cheese. We need some, the prayer ministry, come on. Help me out today. <laughs> so the first question I give them is, are you ready to grow all together? The second one is, I ask them, uh, are you in love? In other words, are your emotions connected? Is your soul uh, drawn to, to her soul? And this is extremely important because marriage is it's a physical tie. It's a physical bonding. It's, a, it's also a psychological or emotional bonding. And then it's also spiritual bonding. So I ask them, can you, can you receive the other person as God's best for your life? That's the third question. Can you take the other person? Can you receive the other person as God's best for your life? So that, those are the three questions you can expect if you come to me. Eve came from the heart. There was an emotional bonding. There was a heart-to-heart -heart connection. She was not taken from his head so that she would rule on him. Over him. She was also not taken from his legs, from his feet, that he would trample on her. She was taken from his heart. All right, here we go. Number seven. Number seven. Are you ready for number seven? What a bone, he said. What a bone, he said. It, it is in the Bible. Looking at me so unbelievingly, you know. It is in the Bible. He, this is what he says. This is what Adam says. I'm not joking. He says, now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. But he looked at Eve after God presented Eve as his masterpiece to him. And he said, wow, what a bone. There was an admiration there was a stunning beauty she was presented to him with. And he looked at her and he said, Wow, Jesus, God, <laughs> Father, what a bone. And I want to encourage you guys that you would preserve that kind of admiration for the one. God is going to bring the one to you. And you're going to say the same exclamation. Wow. 
What a bone! What a bone! Thank you for cooperating. You are an amazing crowd tonight. <clears throat> Here is number eight. Here is number eight. Uh, he cut the umbilical cord. He cut the umbilical cord. You know what, what is the umbilical cord? Yeah, the baby is uh, born with the cord that the baby is con the baby's connected to the mother with, with uh, the umbilical cord. And of course, you would tell, you know, you would say to me, Pastor, um, they had no umbilical cords, of course, because they had no physical parents. They were created by God, right? What I mean by that is that God actually uh, put a principle of cutting the cord with the parents at the marriage ceremony in such a beautiful way in the scripture. He says, this is what he says, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. It's like at the marriage what God does, he cuts the connection with the father and the mother. You know, uh, we've seen some uh, uh, stories. We've, we've seen some stories of um, the young couple uh, entering the marriage life while still not having left uh, the connection to the parents. Yeah? And of course, we will always honor the parents. We always love our parents. And we, both of us, even, you know, quarter of century into our marriage, we still have both of our parents on both sides, and we have an amazing relationship. But something happens when you get married. You create a triangle. We call it a marriage triangle. There is, when I, when I say that to the couples, they're like, what? There is a marriage triangle, right? There is a husband, there is a wife, and there is God in it. He is the covenant maker. He's the guarantor in the marriage. And when you create that, something has to happen. And it's like God is, you, God is cutting you loose. He's cutting you free from the previous generation. You will, you will always honor them. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother. But something is cut here. And the Bible says that you will leave your father and your mother. There has to be a leaving before there is a cleaving. There has to be a departure before there is a unification with the spouse. And so that's what I often say. You know, the first time your umbilical cord was cut was when you were born. The second time your umbilical cord is cut is when you get married. Boys. No more mama hotel. Come on. Yeah. There is a, uh, at one point we were doing a marriage seminar in Italy. And we said something about the mama hotel. And all of the Italian mamas were like, somebody said it finally, you know. <laughs> oh, if you know good Italian mamas, oh man. Free food, hallelujah, Italian food. So they cut the umbilical cord. Here's number nine. <clears throat> they stuck to each other. They stuck to each other. 
They stuck to each other. This is what it says. And they will become one flesh. He's going to be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. There is a holy bonding. What God does here, he binds us together. And they stuck to each other. Now we say that, as I mentioned already before, that the bonding happens on three different levels. It happens on the physical level, and that, of course, is sexual intimacy. Then the bonding happens on the emotional level, in the area of your soul. There is a passion. You cannot stop thinking about her. You, you would, you would uh, do anything to be in her presence. Uh, there is an emotional stirring in your heart when she shows up. And the third bonding, of course, is spiritual, where God connects us spiritually for our destiny and for our future. So they stuck to each other. They were united together and they would become one flesh. If we could have the worship team <clears throat> come and do a love song. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Here's number 10. <clears throat> they were unashamedly naked. They were unashamedly naked. Uh, there was no pretense. There was nothing fake. They were totally authentic. Uh, they had nothing to hide to one another, before one another. They were absolutely open. There was no barrier. They were totally uh, naked. Now, there was a wonderful explanation of, of that last Sunday, actually, when Pastor Wayne was preaching about worship and intimacy. Um, and there was an amazing explanation on, on, on that. And only sin actually created the need to cover um, the nakedness. But I want to say this for all of you who are married here tonight. Husbands and wives, grandfathers and grandmothers. <laughs> there is no secrets in marriage. Uh, there is no uh, secrets in marriage. Uh, and there is no shame in marriage. It's like you are who you are with the person that God placed into your life. It's a lifestyle of vulnerability. It's like you become totally transparent, totally open to your spouse without any pretense, without any secrets. You're, you share the dreams with the other person. You know, to be honest, God had to deal with me early on in a marriage. <clears throat> the first year, as I mentioned, was a tough one for us. And it's because all of a sudden, the pain and the hurts of the past started to come out. When we started to live together after we got married, um, something happened inside of me. Um, before that, my sisters would actually warn Marta that, He's such an introvert. He never says anything from deep inside. But when 
Marta came into my life and we got married. I started to tell her everything. We would talk till early mornings. <clears throat> I cannot do that anymore. I fall asleep now. <laughs> and I would tell her that, wow, because she was surprised. She was like, oh, your sister said you don't talk too much. And I, I would tell her that it feels like you found the key to my heart. You unlocked something inside of me. You unlocked my heart. <clears throat> and when this happened, it was like there was no barriers. Full intimacy. No secrets. I even became poetic. I even wrote songs and poems to my wife. Wow. I was really impressed. But because of that, because of the vulnerability, uh, how, how much we open to one another, I also became jealous. It, it felt like hurts and wounds from the past and insecurities, maybe even rejections from the past, started to surface. And it was a huge lesson that first year. And I believe that, um, yeah, principle number 10 is incredibly difficult. There is no secrets. They were fully naked, unashamedly naked, no barriers, no shame. And I have a bonus fact, number 11. And it simply says, nobody bothered them. It was just them. They had the world just for them. Uh, nobody else other than the elephants and the lions and the giraffes. Nobody was bothering them. And I actually want to say that if you are married, you need to have that space. You need to have that um, place, the moments, the space where it's just you, where it's just you two, um, where you date one another, you spend time together uh, and nobody else enters that zone. Is that all right? So quick facts on the first marriage. Now this, I was thinking how should I, you know, cross over from here to an altar call. <laughs> we are not going to do a wedding now. <laughs> Although it would be very easy. <laughs> but let me just pray with you and pray for you. If you are married, I want to pray for God's blessing on your marriage. I want to pray that you live a fulfilled married life. That you together, a husband and a wife, actually represent the image of God. You know, marriage should be heaven on earth. And I pray that you experience that. If you are not married, I pray that you have the grace to go through that season of your life. I pray that you, you have the grace of God to go through this. Some of you have gone through different hurts and pain from the past. And just like those of us who are married, we need the grace of God. Also, those of you who are not married, you need God's grace to go through that season. And I pray that somehow God enters your storyline. Maybe put you in a coma. And He brings the miracle person to you. I'm just going to pray for that. So, um, 
We're not going to ask for a show of hands right now, nothing like that. But if you would be so nice and so kind to stand up as we close. Oh, what a beautiful love song. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> If you have a wife or a husband here, uh, it would be totally appropriate if you could hold uh, her hand or his hand. <clears throat> Feel free to do that. And uh, I'm just going to pray for, for you. Maybe some of you are in this place and you already um, have a relationship. <clears throat> Wherever you are, you know, this is amazing. You know, God has a big heart. Everybody can have a place in the heart of God. And there is a grace for every season. There is a grace for every one of us. So let me just, let me just pray right now. Yeah. So Jesus, first of all, I want to pray for the singles. I thank you, God, for each and every one of them. I thank you for these amazing people that you have brought to the house of God. And I pray, Lord, that they would have a special grace to go through this season of life. I pray, Lord, that they would be just happy as they are. I pray, Lord, that they would, that they would experience the intimacy with you just like Adam had intimacy with you before he had intimacy with Eve. I pray, Lord, that they would have a, um, a joyful, a fulfilling relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, that as uh, it develops in their lives according to your will, that you would prepare them for the right person and that you would draw the right person to them. I pray for those stories and those miracles in their lives. And I thank you for them, Jesus. Father, I also pray for those here tonight that already have a relationship. I pray, Lord, that you would prepare them for the future. I pray, Lord, that you would teach them the lessons they need to know. And Father, I especially pray right now for those who are married and are in this place. Father, I pray that those of us who are married, we would be just a great representation of your heart to the young people to this world, to the society, Father, to the broken humanity. I pray, Lord, that our marriages would not just be functional, but they would be actually happy and satisfying. I pray, Lord, that our marriages would be God-glorifying, that whoever sees us, they would see a reflection of the image of God in us as a man and a woman. And I thank you, Lord. And I in Jesus' name, I speak a blessing today over the husbands and the wives right now, over their marriages. You were made for a blessing, and I declare that blessing of God over your lives in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.